calling all my footy fans from all around the globe. Straight out of NYC, this is The Line Breaker. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Pano, and welcome back to The Line Breaker. I just told you my name. The guy sitting next to me, what's your name? My name is Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. He really has to be saying it like that. You, you sh- I wish you guys could see him right now. But we're bringing another episode for you. This time, this is the Thursday before the Premier League kicks on back. We have plenty of fixtures to go through. We're going to do previews of all the matches, giving you guys our picks. So we're really excited to give these to you guys. Dimitri has been waiting to do this all week. So um, how about we just get get right to it? First things first, though, Dimitri... Is uh, is this the week that Arsenal uh, pushes on for their title charge? Like you, uh, like you think they will? Uh, they are playing Everton this week. I think it will be a much easier win than it was the last couple of weeks. I mean, you mean relegation battle, Everton? Yes, much easier this week uh, compared to the previous two weeks. I mean, two games, but it it's it's Everton. Yeah, I know. They might put up five. Everton might put up no, five. Right? No, no, <laughs> All right, so, well, there you have it. Arsenal is going to be marching on towards their title um, starting this week. Um, should we just take a look at the first fixture? Wolves versus Liverpool. Wolves versus Liverpool. Yes. Okay. Um, you take it away. You said it, but you take it away. I think we're going to see another big margin of victory here for, for Liverpool. No, oh, no. Oh, that's <laughs> awkward. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm um, sorry. For uh, Liverpool. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> you could you could write this down. Mo Salah scoring in this game. I could see Mo Salah scoring a hat trick. I, I can see that as well. Wasn't this your relegation pick, or am I wrong? Wolves are my relegation pick. I think they're going to get spanked up, too. For reference, it's not looking too good for Wolves right now. When we're looking at expected goals against, I mean, Wolves, they're, uh, let's just say they're towards the top of the table. And by that, I mean um, they are fourth to last. They are, what is that, 2019-18? 2019, 18, 17. They're 17th place for expected goals against, whereas your boys Liverpool are not quite high up. But look, they're they're getting into goal scoring form recently. As you said, they had a big win before the international break. I can see Salah scoring a hat trick. I can see Darwin Nunez getting a couple in this one. I think it could get ugly, and I think it could get ugly very quickly. I think Darwin is hurt. Um, You're but, right. But uh, Van Dyke is also suspended for this game, correct? It is, but it's not going to matter when they, they put up five. Well, yeah, it won't matter. And uh, Wolves wolves are bad. Wolves are not good this year. Watch. I'm going to say this, and it's going to end in like a draw or something. My prediction, I'm going to go with a 5-2 Liverpool win. How, how do you feel about that? No, no, I think it's going to be a 4-0 or a 4-1. And if I had to pick, I would say 4-1, Liverpool. Yeah, but, you know, Liverpool's defense was already looking pretty shaky this entire period up until this point in the season. 
without their captain, Virgil van Dijk, in the back, you think that they, they still keep a clean sheet? No, I said, I said 4-1 if I had to pick. You said 4-0 first. Those were my two choices, but then I said if I had to pick, I would say 4-1. You need to make up your mind. 4-1. <laughs> All right, 4-1. 5-2 and 4-1. Let's see who gets closer. I'm going to go with me. We should we should start putting this down. We should like see who... So one of my favorite um podcasts that I used to listen to, um, that it's in a different kind of form now, it was the TIFO Football Podcast. They used to do something called Points Are Bad. And basically, and they would only do it during like international tournaments. So like for reference, they did it for the World Cup. And basically, like the premise of the game was like, you wanted to get like as close to the score as possible, like points wise. And like the more points you had by the end of the tournament, like the worse you were. So like points were bad. That's the point of the game. We should look, we should, we should look, look into doing that from here on out for uh, the Premier League. It might be too late now because the season started, but I'm talking too much, right? When do you not talk too much? Anyway, um, so it looks like we're in agreement. Uh, overwhelming Liverpool victory. Again, Liverpool's underlying metrics are starting to look way better for them. Obviously, they had the big one against Aston Villa. They did overperform their expected goals against Newcastle, but they were pretty healthy against um, Bournemouth. So it's looking good for Liverpool. They're in good form. And even though they don't have Nunez, they have Mohamed Salah not in Saudi Arabia. And that's big for them. So, definitely going for a Liverpool victory. We're in agreement there. Let's go with the next one. I'm going to take this myself. We got Aston Villa versus Crystal Palace. That is another early kickoff on Saturday. I think this is going to be a good game. I think it's a toss-up. It's a toss-up. You think so? I think so, but I have a I have a winner in this one. You do have a winner. Okay, well, before we get to the winner, let's just look at how both teams are doing. I know we did a roundup, basically, of all the teams in an earlier episode, or we, we basically just finished it. Um, but Aston Villa are sitting in 10th right now, and Crystal Palace are in 7th. Roy, Roy Hodgson is having the Eagles playing free. Free like America... I'm going to stop myself there. Um, he's got the Eagles playing free-flowing footy. They have how many points? They got seven points. So the Eagles are looking good. And I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, who we may or may not be watching right now. But Eagles are looking good. They're playing good footy. You know, they're being led by you know, their linchpin in their midfield, Eberiche Eze, great player. And we have Aston Villa, who obviously overperformed everyone's expectations last year and are looking to kind of get back into it this year aston villa crystal palace obviously aston villa led by big money signing musa diaby for bayer leverkusen i think aston villa got a good squad i could see them winning this game i'm gonna go 2-1 aston villa you know it's crazy i i actually agree on the scoreline and the team you said 2-1 aston villa i could see aston villa winning at home Edging them out, edging Crystal Palace out. You know what's wow, Dimitri and I are actually we we've been on the same page lately. I don't I don't know what's going on, man. This is weird. Alright, so I think that one is even though we, we just talked about the Liverpool game being straightforward, um we like Aston Villa to do well. Of course, one thing that we did mention about teams like Aston Villa who are in Europe for the first time in a long time this year is 
Europe could be very daunting for them. But for this fixture, look, they've had a little break. Um, so I don't think that it'll be too detrimental to them. But later on in the season, they might start having issues with squad depth and stuff like that. So still a lot of stuff to happen there. But let's move on now. Probably the most boring fixture right now of... I mean, well, I guess boring depending on how you look at it. We got Luton Town and Fulham. I think it's very exciting. I think we got a little relegation battle over here. Another one of my picks, too. Oh, actually, both both my picks. <laughs> we just went through most of my picks in the first three games. <laughs> and do I have any of them winning? Well, actually, I have to have one winning unless I, I take a... Unless I take a draw right here. I could see a draw. I'm going to let you talk. You, you talk. You talk. Luton at Fulham. I, you know what? I think this is going to be Luton's first points of the year. I can see them stealing a point away from home at Fulham. I can see it also, honestly. You know, they weren't terrible against Chelsea. Oh, well. I'm setting myself up there, aren't I? They weren't terrible. Um, Luton, away from home against Fulham. I think Fulham's going to get relegated. They got to drop points somewhere, right? Not every team is Manchester United. So, I don't have too many horses in this race. I could see it being a score draw. 1-1. 1-1 draw. That's what I'm thinking. That This is the part where you tell me, Oh, I also have a 1-1 one, one No, draw. I actually have 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two. Two, two? Whoa, free-flowing footy. Yes. Fulham is in 13th place, just below Chelsea. But, again, let's go by some metrics. How are both teams doing? Fulham is actually worse off, expected points-wise, than Luton. Fun fact. According to understat.com, Fulham, by expected points, are in 18th, whereas Luton are in 17th. So, I think this that's a pretty good shout. I think draw is a pretty good shout. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with 1-1 uh, one, one draw. Yeah, 1-1 one, one draw. That's my pick. That's it. Done. We can move on from that one. Next game is going to be fun. Manchester United. The Red Devils. Versus the Seagulls, Brighton and Hove Albion. It's going to be Scott McTominay versus the Scottish Chavi, Billy Gilmore. That That's all I got for you. I think, I think this game is going to be very exciting. Looking at their previous matches and their previous results. <clears throat> I think, what was it, man? You lost to two of the big six teams in their four games. One being Arsenal and the other one being... Was it... Tottenham. Tottenham, yes. Correct. And, and Brighton has been on a recent tear, although they did lose 3-1 to West Ham. I can see this being a 1-1 draw, but very exciting. A lot of chances, but ultimately finishing 1-1. Fun fact here. Both Brighton and Manchester United are basically right there neck and neck with each other. Two, four, six, seven, eight, and nine. Brighton is eighth on expected points, and Manchester United is ninth. So pretty close in their expected points metrics. Obviously, 
if you really want to look at things. Brighton leads the league in expected goals. Um, their XG is on another chart, or off, off the charts, I should say. Um, they top even Manchester City uh, when it comes to that. So, look, um, we have 6th versus 11th right here. But most importantly, we have a stable club versus whatever you want to call Manchester United. Um, do they even have any right wingers anymore? They got right hooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. Wow, that one caught me. <laughs> that one caught me. Uh, that was a stray that I was not expecting. Oh, man. All right, well. This is an Anthony list, a uh, a Mason Greenwood list, um, a Jaden Sancho list, unless he made up with Eric Ten Hag, which according to all the things that I've been reading on Twitter is a no go. Apparently, Jaden Sancho refuses to um, to apologize to Eric Ten Hag, and I'll go on a little tangent here. Um, Eric Ten Hag came out. After the last game, the last game where they lost to Arsenal, Manchester United, and said that um, Jaden Sancho wasn't in the squad because he was not performing up to the standard um, accepted in training. Jaden Sancho responded by angrily, basically, well, not angrily, but he defended himself on social media saying that he's his training up to the standard and that he's being scapegoated and there's other reasons behind why he's being left out of the squad. I'm Team Jaden Sancho here, okay? I think Manchester United is an absolute circus. And I'm going to side with the guy who looked like a world beater in the Bundesliga because even though there is Bundesliga attacks, he looked way too good in the Bundesliga for him to just look how he does at Manchester United. And obviously, Manchester United have a very, very bad reputation of not getting the best out of big money signings that they, that they sign. Um, so I'm Team Sancho on this one. Regardless, Manchester United is also going to be missing him. I believe Facundo Palestri is the next guy up, who looked pretty good in preseason for them. He might he might start this game if they if, if they don't want to go with just uh, veterans. I I can only see this going one way. I I think it's going to be another Brighton win. Um, I love the way that Brighton's playing. I hate their administration, but I love the way that they play, and I think the Scottish Chavi is going to. Uh, He's going to be passing circles, running rings around those bums in the midfield. He's going to make Casemiro look like Casa. I don't know. I, I had to come up with something clever. I didn't think of anything. Score prediction? I'm going to go with a... Uh... This is tough. 3-1. Oh. 3-1 win. I think Hoyland gets a goal. <clears throat> he's he's healthy, right? He is healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. I th- I'm going to go with a 3-1 win. Only positive, again, I feel like that's going to be the only positive of Manchester United season. Rasmus Hoyland, I think, is going to get off the market a big goal in his starting debut. Okay, okay. You, you couldn't wait any longer to talk? I'm ready to move on. You don't want to give me a prediction? I said 1-1. Did you? Yeah, I started off. Did you actually? Yeah. I really love the sound of my own voice too much. I didn't even pay attention to that. You said 1-1? Why do you think it's going to be 1-1? you think it's going to be a tight game? I said it's going to be very exciting, a lot of chances, but ultimately it's going to finish 1-1. 
trying to figure out where I missed that. I'm getting old. Moving on. <laughs> Next game, we have Tottenham at home versus Sheffield United. You want to start us off here? This Super is a derby. I don't know what derby it is. It's a derby. It feels like it feels like it should be a derby. Tottenham. Oops. Tottenham, who is high flying at the moment, Postic Koglu ball in full swing right now. Listen, I, I could only see it going one way. Sheffield United, <laughs> rightly so, relegation candidates. And actually, Sheffield United are even worse than Fulham and Luton when it comes to ex- expected goals. Let's go to expected points. They're also worse. They're second to last in expected goals, second to last in expected points, and second to last in expected goals against. Whereas Tottenham are high-flying, I think this is the exact kind of team where Postacoglu's football will work just because lower quality opposition. Um, they haven't shown that they could defend well, even in deep blocks. So I think it's going to be a sweat-free 2-0 win for Tottenham. I agree that Tottenham's going to win. They're playing great ball. The players are behind the manager. And Ange Ball is just flying high. I think it's going to be a sweat-free win as well, but I have Tottenham winning 3-0. 3-0, okay. Oh, and I want to add, because he finally got off the mark during the international break, I think Richarlison is going to break his duck for the season. I think he's going to get a goal. That's how bad they are. Set-piece or no set-piece? No set-piece. It's going to be another banger. It's going to be another bicycle kick or something. <laughs> so that one's out of the way. I feel like we're, we're breezing through this right now. And two, well, actually, we have two more fixtures left for Saturday. This is top four. Absolute battle right here. Battle of two undefeated teams. West Ham United versus the Minnows Manchester City. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that West Ham, in great form, playing at home, you know, might take advantage of the situation with Man City not having De Bruyne in the starting 11 or in the lineup at all. I can see West Ham stealing a point here. I'm going to say draw. 1-1 draw, and it's the first game where City drops points in the, in the year. So, an interesting thing about West Ham is that a couple of their wins so far, um, most notably being against uh, Brighton and Hove Albion and Chelsea, they were absolutely demolished when it came to expected goals. But it's very clear at this point, and just the way that David Moyes historically has set up his teams, the teams that he's been successful with, not Manchester United, um, was that he doesn't really need to be you know an xg merchant he doesn't need to be a guy who like gets a lot of chances to score goals west ham are a take the few chances that you have and make sure that they count kind of team and that's what they've been rolling with so far this season i don't see why it can't change this year the only thing that really makes me think that they could still lose this game is it's manchester city we're talking about a team who can break down deep blocks a team that is spearheaded by Erling Holland. You really think that they could be shut down by West Ham? 
Um, I think so. Going back to what you said about West Ham's two big wins in the year against Chelsea <clears throat> and Brighton. Against Chelsea, they had 24% possession. And against Brighton, they had 22% possession. So they're obviously very comfortable playing without the ball at their feet. And as we know, Man City likes to dominate the ball in possession. So I think just being in that comfortable state, great form, I think they'll be able to steal a result. And they're playing at home as well. I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here. Just because the one thing, Erling Holland, the guy who will consistently outperform his XG, which means he also takes the chances that he gets and then some, he turns half chances into good chances. I think that it won't be easy. I think they're going to sneak away with a 2-1 win. Another late winner from City? Um, not quite. I, th- I think actually they'll they'll have some pressure piled up on them. I think Pep might actually have to squeeze this win out, um, maybe playing a little bit tighter towards the end. But I think um, I think it'll be 2-1. It'll be a tight game. I think that City will go up quickly. West Ham will tie. And then City will just have to have to go ahead from there. And I think it's going to be Erling Holland who, who brings them there. So final score, 2-1 to one to the champions, the treble winners, Manchester City. Finally, to conclude, we have a tale of two teams right here. We have Brentford versus Newcastle. Brentford are high-flying this year. They lead the league in non-penalty expected goals. High-flying. Obviously, they are in 8th place only, but at the same time, they're doing very well. They're also third overall for expected goals in general. So they're playing very well. They're spearheaded by Brian Mbwemo, who is not only second in the Golden Boot race right now, but he also is second for expected goals in the league. I'm going to be using metrics a lot just because underlying stats, you got to use both. You got to use eye test. You got to use underlying stats. Brian, Brian Mbwemo has been Brentford's best player, not named uh, Ivan Tony, and Ivan Tony is more focused on other things right now. So, <clears throat> I think Newcastle will continue their struggles, whereas I think Brentford will continue to play well. But I'm gonna throw a little little spanner in here. I think it'll be a draw, but I think it's gonna be a high-scoring draw. I'm gonna go with a two-two draw. Mm. I'm gonna disagree with you on this one. I don't see Newcastle continuing to struggle. I think they they sort of need this game desperately before the Euro- European football kicks off. I believe in the middle of the week next week. So I think they need to secure three points at home and move on from there. But I I also think it's gonna be low scoring. I think Newcastle is gonna edge out Brentford two to one. Listen, we we could always disagree. There is just, I, I'm I'm not big on Newcastle. They're they're where they should be underlying metrics wise. They're not playing well in the league, and I think that European football is going to take its toll. Obviously, this kind of game is not going to be one of those times where the European football takes its toll because they haven't started it yet. But I I think that there's going to be a little bit of a return to normalcy with this Newcastle team, and I think they're going to continue to drop points. 
although I think that they will get a draw here. I think Brentford will also stumble a little bit because maybe they'll come back down to normal a little bit. So I'm going to go with my 2-2 uh, my draw that I said. Uh, final answer there. That concludes our Saturday games. Now, first game of Sunday. Early kickoff, we have a relegation battle between Bournemouth and Chelsea. I'm going to let you start with this one. I think this is a, one of the clearest things on the board over the weekend. <clears throat> Chelsea has been terrible, terrible all season. Reminding me of last season form. Things can't go right no matter who they bring in. They lose to Nottingham Forest their previous match two weeks ago. I see a 1-1 draw. I see a 1-1 draw and Chelsea continues to struggle. How would you fix Chelsea without going on too much of a uh, rant? How would I fix Chelsea? <laughs> we could do a whole episode on this. Um, <clears throat> I disagree with Dimitri on a lot of the things that he said, actually. Um, I don't think that Chelsea has been as bad this year as he thinks they, they have been. And I'm really happy that other people are agreeing with me, by the way, because my boys TFO Football just put out a YouTube video talking about how Chelsea aren't as bad as their metrics, or at Chelsea aren't as bad as they look, and they use the underlying metrics to prove it. I've said it before, they're basically top four in all attacking metrics. Um, the underlying stats say that they should be third right now, not 12th. So, what I'm hoping for, if I'm going to fix Chelsea for this game, I'm hoping, and I'm going to eat my words, and I'm going to throw my phone at the wall when I see that it's not like this. I'm hoping that they don't play Ben Chilwell at left wing. I hope that they go for something more attacking at left wing, and maybe even not play Levi Colwell at left back. If they could do those two things, I'm pretty confident that they will win this game. I can see them winning this game. 3-1 like they did in the reverse fixture, not the reverse, the fixture that they played against Bournemouth in the spring. So the second time they versed Bournemouth, they also won the game 3-1. Obviously, Bournemouth is at home, so they'll have the fans with them, but you would think, you would hope that Chelsea could start to really push along and start playing well, scoring some goals. Scoring some goals are a big thing. If they could get shots on target, I think that they could score goals in this game. And another fun fact for you. The top three for expected goals. Um, yes, expected goals in general. Not just expected goals per 90. Expected goals in general. Top three in the Premier League. And we're talking about players, not individual players. We have Erling Holland, number one. Brian Embuemo, number two. And Nicholas Jackson, number three. Nicholas Jackson, who only has one goal to his name, is underperforming his XG by almost three goals. Almost three goals. So he should be scoring more than he is. Now, I'm hoping he gets his shooting boots on for this game. I think we'll get a goal out of him. And um, maybe uh, another double by... 
Raheem Sterling. 3-1 win away at the Vitality Stadium. Final answer. You don't think those metrics are a little skewed because they beat up on Luton and Raheem Sterling look like uh, Kylian Mbappe? No, no, they're not. They're not. Uh-huh. I don't think so. It's not one game isn't gonna. I mean, obviously, I know it's well. One in four is kind of one in four. Skew it. I'm, I haven't actually looked at them before, but they won the XG battle against West Ham. They should have beat West Ham. And honestly, if if Enzo doesn't miss that penalty, you could argue it's a different game. It's one one. 1-1 when Enzo misses that penalty. I think that, you know, that kind of can affect things. Um, they also should have beaten Liverpool. And they should have beaten Nottingham Forest. So, there you go. And the Yankees won again. Playoff push in season. All right. Um, so, yeah. I don't think it's just because they're beating up on Luton. I'm, I'm, they're going to win the game. Don't I'm going to eat so. my words now. I hope they win. I really hope they win. Final game on Sunday. Everton, Everton at home against Arsenal. Yeah, Everton's going to finally break their duck. You don't believe that. Not really, but <laughs> I mean, one can hope, right? You, you really want, oh yeah, you do want Everton to get relegated. This is your relegation pick. I don't I, want to. I know they are. But Everton has been a bit of a bogey team for Arsenal in recent times. That That is something that stats back up and the eye test. They've been a bogey team for Arsenal in recent times. Not this year. That's changing. It's only been four games. How you going to say not this year? They are going to comfortably beat them. Who's going to score a hat-trick? Declan Rice? Who said hat-trick? They're going to win... What did I say? 4-0, earlier in the show? Yeah, or did I, f- I not give a score prediction? I feel like you might have said 4-0. Maybe. Anyway, it's going to be a breeze for Arsenal. You think 4-0? Yep. All right, well, I'm going to go with 5-0 Arsenal. <laughs> 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 no, but... um, uh, Look, Everton's at home. They need a win. They've also... Like, they've been huge underperformers for their expected goals. It's actually disgusting how bad they've been underperforming. Um, they're another team. I'm just going to be the stat guy, you know? I'm just going to whip that out. Everton should be higher in the table than they are. They should be comfortably comfortably mid-table um, from where they are. They shouldn't be in the relegation zone. So, with that in mind... Oh, the other thing is that they're... You know, they're not too bad when it comes to expected goals against. And expected points would put them not at 18th. Expected points would, again, put them comfortably at mid-table at 10th. Comfortably mid-table at 10th. Yeah. Yep, 3, 6, 9, 12. Yeah, 3, 6, 9. So, I think this is going to be a much tougher game than you think. I think it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Mm, I think I think an early Arsenal goal is going to open up the floodgates. And then 2 will come. Then 3... Then four, and if we're lucky, eight, but four. Well, there is a chance that Bukayo Saka doesn't start this game because the rumors are that he has a niggling Achilles issue that he's been nursing. It's just been on and off, and he's kind of been playing through it um, basically since last year. So 
that could be an injury concern for Arsenal. He might not... Uh, look, I'm not saying 100% he won't, but the murmurings that I'm hearing are that, you know, this could become a, uh, a wider problem for them. And I think Nobukayo Saka is a big problem for Arsenal in their title push. Do you disagree with that? I don't disagree. I think he's vital to their title push. But uh, in this match, particularly, I don't, it doesn't matter if he misses, in my opinion. I think they'll they'll get the three points comfortably. <clears throat> you know, I always talk about about um, Dimitri being a closet Arsenal fan, but maybe he's also a closet Liverpool fan because he hates Everton. Maybe. Maybe it's that. Well, that concludes the Sunday fixtures. We have one more match left, and I'm excited to talk about this one. My boys, Nottingham, two European Cup winners, Forest, led by Odysseus Vlachodimos, who, from what I've been reading, might actually be the number one. He might be Steve Cooper's number one on this Nottingham Forest team, bringing the pride back to Greece in the Premier League. Oh, I forgot to talk about Mavropanos when it came to West Ham. He's going to score a goal. Yeah. But that's West Ham and City. Um, but anyway, Nottingham Forest, I think this is going to be easy win for them. I think Nottingham Forest will win 2-0 and kind of solidify or help my uh, relegation pick in Burnley, who I had finishing 19th. So, so Burnley has been struggling a lot this year, and... Um, I like to take the opportunity to like listen to other, not just podcasts, but um, but other like YouTube channels and people who are fans of other teams and a pretty popular YouTuber who also, he's big on Twitter and he used to be a big FIFA streamer or FIFA YouTuber, Sky Vize. Um, he is a Burnley fan and I listened to his video about, you know, a lot of things that are going wrong with Burnley this year and... One of the big things that he mentioned, which is a very common issue that title-winning championship teams have, is they win the championship playing expansive, beautiful, you know, attractive football, and then they try to play that again in the Premier League where the the opposition is much higher quality, and they just can't. And then they don't know how to cope with it. They don't have a plan B. And that's why oftentimes what you'll see is a lot of the teams that didn't win the championship, there's outliers always, but a lot of teams that didn't win the championship who knew how to scrape through, play defensive, play a little bit more pragmatic, often do better and are able to survive more often than not in the Premier League because they know how to play that way. They have that plan B. They they accept that they have to be more pragmatic. And with Burnley, they absolutely, I think they broke records in the championship last year. They played beautiful footy for the championship, but they haven't seemed to be able to cope with it. They don't have a plan B. And they also don't seem to have a left back or any... They, they've been playing a lot of right backs at left back. And the left back is a big part of their system. They had Ian Matson basically being a baller. He's one of their players of the season. Um, and he was in the team of the season in the championship. And he was their star left back. Obviously, now he's at Chelsea. So And they've been trying to replace him. And they don't really have any suitable options. They've been playing right backs. They have a not-so-great left back. They've tried playing there. It's more like a wing back type thing. Very attacking. So Burnley have been struggling. Whereas Nottingham Forest... I know, I'm going to wind up talking more about Nottingham Forest versus Burnley than all the other games, which is kind of crazy. Nottingham Forest have been the opposite of, you know, not having a plan A. They have obviously been the memes of the transfer market after Chelsea buying lots of players, but I actually love the signings that they made towards the end of the window. 
They flipped Brennan Johnson for almost 50 million, including add-ons, 50 million pounds, and they brought in Callum Hudson-Odoi for peanuts, 3.5 million pounds, rising to 5 million. Now, this could be my Chelsea blue-tinted glasses kicking in, but Callum Hudson-Odoi does not have the talent of a 3 million pound player. I think this will, in the next two, three years, be seen as extremely shrewd business by Nottingham Forest and an upgrade on Brennan Johnson. I think Brennan Johnson is good. I think that he relies a lot on his pace, whereas Callum Hudson-Odoi is a supremely talented, technical, intelligent footballer who unfortunately had his career you know, shattered because he ruptured his Achilles. That's a terrible injury to try to come back from. It's not easy, but he's still 22. I think it's going to be shrewd business that they got, that they brought him in. I've talked a lot about Ibrahim Sangar. I think that he's a bowler. Same thing with Taiwo Awoni. I think he's great. They have Andre Santos from Chelsea, who I'm praying they play because they got a lot of guys. And a very underrated guy who they got from Brazil, Murillo, Murillo, 21-year-old center back from Corinthians. I think that he's also going to wind up being excuse me, a great signing for them. They have Divac Origi from Milan, who I think could be a suitable, you know, like a little attacker to come off the bench. Anthony Longa obviously scored against Chelsea. Decent signing. And your boy, Montiel from Sevilla. Nice little player to get in. World Cup winner, has experience. I think it's a good guy to get in. I think this will be a comfortable win. I think just just from how Nottingham Forest play, I'm going to go with a 4-1 win to Nottingham Forest. Wow. Yeah. You have them steamrolling them, basically. I think I think they're going to steamroll Burnley. I mean, Burnley has given up the uh, most amount of goals this year in the Prem. In, uh, in three games, they've given up 11 goals. And to go off of what you said earlier, they have definitely failed the eye test. They have looked atrocious in all three games. I don't, I don't think they looked like they can win any of the three games they played so far. And I think it's going to be the same thing. Playing against Nottingham Forest, I think they're going to lose, but a lot, a little closer than you had it. They also are last in the league for expected goals. They're a little bit better off with expected goals against, but um, aside from Manchester City, they haven't had that strong of a schedule, I believe. And their expected points also has them at 20th. So it ain't looking too good for Burnley, Chief. It is not looking good for Burnley. Um yeah, they didn't have they didn't have a crazy. They had Manchester City, Luton, Aston Villa, Tottenham. Oh, actually, that that is a pretty strong run in, but they don't look good. And I think Nottingham Forest are going to be great. I'm sticking by it. Nottingham Forest, top half of the table this year. So yeah, I think they're steamrolling the Clarets of Burnley. So that rounds up our predictions for the actual matches themselves. Do you have maybe anything to look out for for this game week? Hmm. Anything to look out for? Anthony's not going to play. Well, that was a given. Um, let's see. I can see Brighton winning, although I did have that as a tie. If Ferguson nets two. If Ferguson nets two. Yes. Okay. Do you think he continues his uh, hot streak? I think so. I think he's going to score. There were strong links to Manchester United this week with uh, Evan Ferguson, although I, I don't see why he would go there. Um, I could see him really, really making them uh, making them 
think about what they're missing out on. So I could see Evan Ferguson scoring. I told you I could see Erling Holland scoring. And I think if he starts in the game, Callum Hudson-Odoi is going to score for Nottingham Forest. He's going to come off the mark. 3.5 million pound bargain, my boy Callum. Stud. Sad it didn't work out at Chelsea, but I'm so excited to see him at Forest. Um, so yeah, so that rounds things up for our game week five of the Premier League. And these are our predictions. This is recording this before the game week. We'll see how we did. We should turn this into a competition. Let's see how, how many how, how many uh, scores we got right for this week. We're going to keep count. So we'll let you know um, after this game week is over. Um, but um, until next time, we're going to round things out right here. This was another episode of the Line Breaker. Line Breaker episode 7. Game week 5 predictions previews. My name is Pano. I'm Dimitri, a.k.a. Juicy. And for now, we're out of here.